The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 88th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somewhat, and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good friend, my good partner, my good buddy, Floyd Johnson Jr. How you doing, man? I am doing well. I'm uh, I'm doing better than people in California and the UK because in Oklahoma Christmas is not canceled. But uh, 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 but as we get through this and get closer, buying you know getting our last gifts out there, I think I've gotten everybody a gift that I plan on getting a gift. So I'm done with that. I'm just ready to eat some ham on Christmas, and it's gonna be a good day. Yeah, I, about the same for me. I've got a couple gifts that still need to get through the post, and uh, specifically one uh, for my sister that needs to get here ASAP. And the fa- I haven't gotten any update on it whatsoever, so the fact that it hasn't shown up is actually quite annoying. But other than that, all my gifts have been shipped out, and um, it's been it's been good. I've been able to have a little bit of money left over where I've gotten some people some cool gifts. I've also been doing – I participated in a Reddit Secret Santa, and I got uh, – some cool gifts for this one guy in Florida. And then I just found out today my Secret Santa ship uh, gift shipped. So I'm unbelievably excited to see what this random person got me. That is awesome. Uh, I'm going to throw this out here so we can get it out the way. Next week, if it's this is planned because it is Christmas weekend. Uh, you know, Christmas week, Austin's going to spend time with his family. I'm going to spend time with my wife. So there will not be a show next week. So just mm-hmm. wanted to throw that out there. I figured y'all would expect it almost, but we will be back after the December 30th. Uh, once once Austin sobers up from New Year's Eve, oh, yeah, we'll, record it. we'll uh, get a show recorded for you. I, I got to say, last year at New Year's Eve, I did actually have some cider. And I was just like, is this what it feels like? <laughs> is well, this what it feels like? Well, last year, New Year's Eve, uh, I was working. My wife came in, and we had a little bit of the bubble. Yeah. And we had some champagne at midnight while I, you know, while I was like working. And then I went back to work. So. All right. Yeah, it was well, very, very, <laughs> very uh, married guy thing <laughs> yeah and if only we would have known the year that would hate us but either way yes we will not be on next week I, i'm sure everyone understands it a lot of people taken off hope you guys have an amazing holiday regardless um we're gonna get into this week's episode of aw dynamite uh which of december 16th is the episode we're covering but first off i gotta chill a little bit we want to make sure you're downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And we also appreciate you if you listen to us on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Any of those services, you can give a share. Share the episode with your friends. Unbelievably, we would care about it so much. You can also leave a rating and a review about how we're doing. If you're so inclined to, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. We'd be so grateful for that. The least you can the least you can do if you want to support us in any way is following us on social media. We are on Twitter at AT Elite Pod and our boys at Social Suplex who make the show possible. They are at Social Suplex. Myself on Twitter, I am at SZoomer4. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter as well. 
I'm very boring. <laughs> Before we get to the big news, I have to talk about something very emotional to me. Do you did you watch The Mandalorian? No, I have not watched. Oh, okay, it. so no, absolutely. We can't do, we can't do spoilers. Uh, trying viciously. You know what? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I wouldn't have spoiled it anyway. I would have just said, "Oh my God, do you know what? Oh my God, you know." I would have been like that because I don't believe in spoiler because we live in a streaming world now. So very few people watch something when it uh, normally comes out. So it comes out at like Friday morning at 2 a.m. Central. So I generally won't talk about it without with someone that I explicitly didn't know watched it like in DM until like a week afterwards. And I honestly think that's a little early. It's just we live in a streaming world. People watch shit when they got time. It's not like, okay, you got to watch it right now. I work overnight, so I happen to be up when the show releases. So, but yeah, uh, like, like I think it was a few weeks ago when I was at, I went to uh, Winter's Coming and I was moving. I didn't have time to watch it that Friday when it came out. I didn't watch it until like Tuesday. Completely spoiled the whole like Aww. like the whole episode. No, no, like people don't tag, people don't do anything. Don't put hashtags in it. I'm just like, good lord, I hate you all. So uh, you know, I don't really hate anyone, but it's just very annoying. Like I understand you're excited, but most people have friends that they can you know directly message. You don't have to put it in this public place, and if you do. Throw a hashtag on there. If I don't have the hashtag muted, I get it. You know, that's on me. But I don't know. It's just one of those yeah. things. It's one of those things like the new, next week's AEW spoilers are out, right? I literally had to, I went and muted. I went and muted a lot of the tags because I know people get to sharing without, you know, tagging or anything. They're just like, okay, this happened. My God, I hate you. I'm like, I mean, because you know what? It's so funny because wrestling's a TV show. Like, people don't re like Grey's Anatomy, like, they shoot their shit like six months in advance. You could go literally read everything that happens on Grey's Anatomy for the rest of this year right now if you wanted to go on the internet and find it, right? Right. But no one does. They just wait for the show. But in wrestling, having the knowledge before anyone else is this big thing that people care about and i just don't understand it it's like yeah. i knew before you knew well i could have known <laughs> i have a computer you know what? <laughs> actually before, again before we get into the big news of the week i mean it's pretty if you're if you're a fan of uh AEW you probably know what we're talking about either way but before we do that i also want to talk about um just real quickly like kind of what's been going on with uh Grill and Jr. and what happened over. Oh yeah, yeah, we should with his, with his podcast just. and what he decided to uh, talk about on the podcast, um, because it's been a lot. Of, it's been a topic of uh, discussion about it, and um, other things have been happening, including like uh, AW wrestlers voicing their opinion on Jr. speaking about it publicly, and also about the fact that um, apparently a couple wrestlers who uh, were not doing well at catching people during these said dives, uh, they got yelled at apparently. Which I mean you're supposed to catch the person it's pretty important so i can kind of understand why that would have happened um but yeah jr commenting about the fact that like the huddling together and doing the dive uh it's, people are just like it's so clear and like cameraman tries to hide it and then you know it's gonna happen either way it's contrived it's overused it's only used to it's only happens to pop a holy shit chant and like that's pretty much it it doesn't finish anything and like it's just kind of like the the wave of wrestling nowadays where like moves that used to finish before aren't finishing anymore um and uh i'll i'll just say my point on the fact like jr has completely a good point with like most of what he said like pretty much almost everything he said very strong point but you kind of work for these guys and you you work for this company it's like the thing that I compare it to randomly, and it's like a really off there thing. It's back in like 2018 when the Sealers uh, were just unbelievably cancerous with like all the backstage stuff and like just uh, uh, player drama. Like it was when Le'Veon Bell was on a holdout and Antonio Brown was still being unbelievably cancerous, and Ben Roethlisberger had his own podcast 
and he was just throwing his own receivers under the bus and not taking like responsibility for like something that's partially on him. Now I'm not saying that applies completely to JR, but the fact that like Ben kind of disparaged his own teammates on his own on his podcast, like it's kind of what JR is doing, and it's like like you're t- totally fine having those opinions, and I think bringing it up to talent is like completely understandable like you're a legend in this business for a reason you have the willpower and the reason to say those kinds of things to people but to say it publicly on a podcast it's kind of like like what the fuck man like you could have just told us this and then we would it probably wouldn't have upset a bunch of people but i mean he's right though on a lot of this stuff so but floyd if you want to say anything on this i think okay i'm an old guy you know i'm i'm 40 so I'm just going to say I have seen the evolution of wrestling just as much as, you know, anybody. I've, I've watched it where it was like a lot of, you know, headlocks and all that kind of stuff. Arn Anderson said in the 80s, it was like you didn't have to call a match because you knew what naturally went after any what went after what. And I knew that even when I was young and wrestling was real. It was like I it was a dance. I knew what was coming next based on the previous move. Well, in the, in the old, as we've gotten older and, you know, wrestling, wrestlers have become more athletic, a lot smaller. It takes more than just being 6'4", 250 pounds to get over. It takes, you know, athleticism and stuff like that. So, yes, uh, he was right on a lot of things. I, when I'm watching wrestling with casual wrestling fans, which I don't do a lot. When I'm watching wrestling with casual wrestling fans, which I don't do a lot, um, and they do the standing thing and they wait for the catch, almost 100% of the time, the person I'm watching with points it out. They're like, are they just waiting on that guy? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, that's just kind of wrestling. That's new wrestling. So I don't know. I think there's a happy medium. JR is old. And I know that's – I don't – but – and there's a rule I have. I've always said I can't wait to get old. Why? Because when you're old, you can say what you want. And JR is taking full advantage of his old past. And I, if I'm one of the younger people, I just say that's an old guy's opinion and keep going. It's not like he's burying it on, you know, burying it on, on the show. On the show, he's professional. He does his job. He calls it. He even covers for people. But in his own life, in his own personal life, he can say what he wants, long as his boss says it's cool. So Tony probably doesn't seem to have a problem with it. So if Tony doesn't have a problem with it, you know, I'm fine with it too. I hate I wrestling. Wrestling has this weird political system that I will never understand or be a part of. And maybe it was wrong. Maybe it's against some unwritten rule. But it all is pretty dumb to me. It's just like. Hey, if he doesn't like it, I get it. Yeah, and I again, I totally understand that too. But I guess like, I guess just my mindset. It's not even like an unwritten rule thing. It's more so like, if you work for this business, like say whatever you want on your own time. But like to go I mean, on your own show and I mean, then I mean, technically that could be viewed as disparaging. Like that's just like wasn't that his own time? Yeah. It's his show. Yeah, but again, it's it's still public though. <laughs> I mean, like, when I say own time, I mean man. like behind closed doors. I, I I think I feel like I got a good handle on Jr.'s personality. Oh, people yeah, no, that people yeah. that no, I'm just saying people that heard that that wasn't the first time that they've heard that he said that directly to them in private before, and then. He sure. said it in public too, but I'm just saying he's been around the business forever. He's probably complained about it like a lot to the point where he didn't feel like they were listening to him. And then he said, "Okay, yeah. I'm gonna just put it out there. <laughs> They're not gonna listen. I'm gonna just say it in a way that you have to pay attention." And then, of course, you get people right. that are upset. Like you know, it seems like Brandon Cutler has been in the biggest voice, and I'm just like. I just hate that people are looking into conspiracy theories like he got pulled from the match yeah, that's because he talked that. back. No. I mean, it was supposed to be a 14-man match. One person on the team, other team on the inner circle, wasn't able to make the show. He's kind of the odd man out because the other three, other six people were all parts of a tag team. 
it just made sense for Cutler to sit out. Sure. I mean, I, I just don't, like I said, people are like, oh, yeah, JR could cost them. I'm like, no, they, they don't do that. They don't, I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't because it's wrestling. Like I said, I've never been a wrestler. I really don't understand it. But that just seems like far beyond petty. That The kind of stuff JR talked about getting away from in the WWE. Right, yeah. But with that conversation out of the way, we can now get to the, the true big news of the week, which, I mean, I can imagine Floyd is unbelievably excited about this, as everyone should be too, because Cody and Brandy announced on AEW Dynamite that they are expecting. Brandy is pregnant, and they will be having a child. Hell fucking yes. Like, I, I got nothing else to add to it. I mean, it's just awesome. Nothing but congratulations to them. Like, it's yes. truly awesome. Congrats to the king and the queen of the Nightmare family. We get a Nightmare baby, which uh, Brandy then put out a onesie that I ordered for my friend's kid because I don't have any. But uh, congratulations. I am, you know, the next generation of Rhodes. Uh, you know, I'm personally hoping for a boy, you know, of course. But, uh, sure, yeah. yeah, no, but uh, no, I'm just happy for them. I'm happy because it's something they wanted. And apparently they had wanted for a while. And, you know. I mean, it'll go down in history. I don't know if this was it, but it'll go down in history as a COVID baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> anything that happened, like from March when you got stuck in your house to now, COVID baby. And AEW is becoming really, uh, AEW is coming really, really popular and amazing at uh, announcing babies on live on air. I mean, of course, Moxley in his Moxley way, did it very subtly. <laughs> but come on, Cody, you've seen his entrance. He had to do it as a big deal with a Gucci package and Gucci booties. I looked those up online, $350 baby booties. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. So they had to do it the way roads do shit. And that's big. And I love it. Congratulations to both of them. I know everybody started doing their math, and I'm like, okay. She, and everybody's like, well, nine months from now, I was like, she didn't get pregnant the day they announced it. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there for you. You, you like, just hold on, hold on on your math, and let them tell you how far along she is, because I guarantee you they didn't find out on Wednesday. So, uh, again, congrats. Uh, I noticed that Brandy had stopped working. They had kind of moved Red Velvet away from her. I was wondering what was going on. They kind of wrote her off the show with the arm thing. I was really wondering what's going on. And then, oh, she's pregnant. So, top, uh, happy for both of them. That baby is going to be spoiled beyond recognition. Well, I mean, he, he already has Gucci booties that are worth more than, you know, most of the things I own. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I got a TV at Black Friday, so the booties, the Gucci booties are worth more than my TV. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's just how life works sometimes. And that's just how Cody and Brandy do it. Once again, congratulations to them. But now, let's get into AEW Dynamite for December the 16th. We opened up with John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order, continuing off of last week. They got Hangman Adam Page to tag with them in a six-man tag match against Matt Hardy and Private Party. And overall, I mean, I like this pairing. I really do. I like just seeing Hangman and his interactions with the Dark Order. I guess mainly just his interactions with John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Like, that's just worked really well. And just Hangman just kind of being like cross that it's happening. But at the same time, he's like, whatever. Like, we'll just deal with it. Um, like it's been so much fun just to see the rise of Alex Silver's and John Silver's, especially John Silver. It's just been so much fun to watch. Um, it seemed like at the end, like just like, I mean, private party was able to get the win and then, uh, they hit the gin and juice on, uh, on Reynolds and, uh, eventually Hardy tagged himself in and then just picked up the pin himself, which I was just like. Oh boy, like I'm not sure how this is gonna go down. So Private Party was very much like not happy with how the win happened in general, but they got the win. Um, now it's like I'm 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 interested to see like what they're gonna do with the continuation with uh, 
uh, Hangman and the Dark Order because I mean like Dark Order's whole thing is like join us and you'll win more and then like Hangman's just like tagged with these guys and they lost I, I think it's just like I can just picture the comedy gold that like these interactions will be because Hangman's crazy entertaining John Silver's and Alex Reynolds are great like it's just gonna be a ton of fun to see what comes out of this especially if Brody Lee comes back at some point yes um only thing I only thing I would say is it's just funny how popular John Silver and Hangman are. They lose like John Silver is like owing something on Dynamite. He never wins it on Dynamite, matter. and it he's still matter. over. He's you know it's not as a comedic of a character, but it's close. He is the R truth of AEW. You know what? I, I can I can totally see that. But he doesn't. And like he, I guess this the difference. I guess this the difference is just like, like our truth works well. He really does. And like he's like he's speci- he's way more comedic like than John Silver because like his comedy is just like in like all over the place. I just feel like John Silver like is just the kind of guy that you wouldn't expect to be like a crazy worker, but he is. Like I I I, it lo- I lose my mind with how fast he'll move around and the crazy shit that he can do and just like he's got a very unique look and it he uses it to his advantage completely like it's just yeah. it's so good he's funny the, the reason i chose archer he's funny he's over the top with some of his silliness sometimes but kind of anything he does is over and it works and it doesn't matter if he wins or loses people still love him I'm not saying I'm not yeah I'm not saying exact point for point oh, sure, yeah. yeah yeah but I'm just saying like he is their version of our truth and of course he can wrestle he can go so people love that like the combination moves that they were doing between Reynolds and then Hangman I was like dude they need to win this this I want them to be the first trios champion because I was all over it and I was just like and then they lost and I was like. Huh. Why do they keep losing? Yeah, because, you know, Hangman, like, you know, loses. So, uh, yeah, but I understand why it happened. You had the Hardy Party party storyline that you had to get through, and it went perfect. Yeah, and I'm interested to see where that goes. I think, like, it's a a story I wasn't really expecting this soon with the Hardy Party. Um, It should be interesting at least a little bit, but we'll see exactly what comes out of it. Um, we then had an inner circle interview backstage with Alex Marvez. Um, MJF had an award from the New York Times. Apparently, it was a best performance award for Dinner Debonair. They're still holding on to that. They still love like socking it to people who didn't like that segment. And MJF is just like like loving that that segment even happened. He uh, gets reminded uh, by Jericho, "Hey." Uh, I was a part of that, you know, and he was like, I couldn't have done it without you. And then he had like a smirk. So kind of just a quick little interview. there, also building up the building up uh, what the inner circle would do later tonight. We then had a singles match between Cody, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes versus TH2s and Helico, which, like I said, like I wasn't expecting this matchup and like. Man, it was pretty good. I mean, like, really, really strong. It went longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, and it was also, like, we just found out about uh, Cody being uh, becoming a dad and Brandy becoming a mom. Yeah, I and, know uh, I know a lot of people that kind of checked out after that. Like, they, they, they might... They just didn't care about the match. They were just like, like they shit, missed Cody's dad. Yeah, they missed Cody's match. It was a huge announcement. It was like, I didn't even know if they wanted kids, personally. I, I you know, I don't like find everything that they say i didn't even know if they wanted kids so i was really shocked and i was like oh that's, that's really awesome as far as the special announcement but yeah i had to go back and watch the match again because i'm on twitter liking everything and dming people and blah 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 and i'm like oh the match is over cody won whoa <laughs> 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 my boy. yeah my boy yeah if you would ask me five minutes after that match what happened I was like, you hit a Cody cutter. That, that's 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 all I saw. <laughs> but I thought the match. Well, like when I went back and watched it, I thought the match was because I just watched the replay. The match was pretty cool. It was, uh, and Helico wrestles, you know, a way that is very, uh, very. It works well with what Cody's trying to do. Lots of mat wrestling, and he's very athletic, dude. I like I said, it was you know good TV match. But, you know, Cody got the win. That was what it was for. And then, yeah, then the stuff happened afterwards. 
And yeah, exactly. It built up to the stuff that happened afterwards, which is when Team Taz came out. He's like, Cody's going to be a daddy. It's so nice. And Taz just immediately getting the heat on that. He points to Darby Allen up in the stands, talks about how Brian Cage is going to whoop his ass. He also said that um, they'd be coming to put Cody on paternity leave. And then Sting shows up. And Sting comes out with his baseball bat. Team Taz walks away. He looks up the ramp to Cody, gives him a wink as Darby just stares from the rafters. Again, it's just like the slowest build. Every it's also you know what I will say, Tony made a really good observation too. Every time we see Cody, Sting shows up. And it's I mean, it's only been a couple weeks, but to make that observation is kind of interesting. But yeah, we still know very little of what's when Sting is going to get in the ring, if he gets in the ring, or what he's up to, and like he's still very much shrouding himself in mystery. But I mean, every time he shows up, people go nuts. So, really cool ending to this uh, match with this whole segment. Um, anything you want to talk about this, Floyd? Yes, I wanted him to hit somebody. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Oh, when he pulled out the bat, I was like, "You better be smacking some motherfuckers." And, and then Will Hobbs ran up, and I just like, oh, like yeah. Will Hobbs like came out, and I was just like. Crack him in the in the head, dude. I was like, I'd lose it. Just powerhouse Hobbs, just coming up like no fear, and it just gets clocked. I would I would have loved that that happened. Yeah, and it was just like, unfortunately, we do live in a world where, you know, now, 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 and it was like, so I saw that complaint. It's like, is Sting gonna do anything? I'm oh like, yeah, no. I mean, that's that, I mean, like, it's literally like. It's it's crazy because like, well I'll say this a little bit because I've seen wrestling fans a ton of times be like, like, com- like one of their main complaints about WWE is about how they don't do long term storytelling and I'm like, that that has some that argument has some weight to it and it definitely has a good amount of uh, like examples to back it up, but AEW does long term storytelling and they're just like. Why does Miro look like shit right now? And why is Sting not doing anything? And I'm just like, you guys are, I can't please y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, you but. know, the thing that made me laugh, so someone posted, why is Lana being booked better than Miro? And I, oh, la- and, and I laughed because I was like, so Lana got put through a table seven weeks in a row. And that's booked better than what they're doing with Miro. And I'm like, okay. and Miro hasn't been pinned. And he has pretty much destroyed anybody he's been in the ring with. So I'm like I I mean like, I'm not even trying to I'm not even trying to be sarcastic. I'm just like Sure, yeah. I'm like the, the dude hasn't really even taken damage, you know? <laughs> Oh, it's they like, protected the fuck out of him. They protected the fuck. So I'm like, so how'd she get uh, okay, never mind. You you know, you know, uh, they fu- it's funny. I heard this term and I'm only using it cuz I heard it. They call like diehard WWE fans, people have been calling them Vincels. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I don't understand Vincel thinking because this I'm like one hasn't been touched. And, like he was in a match with Beretta who you know, it's a fairly pushed act in the, and he's part of a tag team that has had, you know, been featured in the show and he destroyed him. Like just whooped his ass and tapped him out, called him his young boy, but he's getting booked horribly because he gets to wear what he wants to wear. And you don't like that. He wants to wear $1,500 sweaters or whatever he wants to wear. And he wants to talk about video games. Or he wants to have blonde hair like Stan. Yeah, it's just like, I, I, I don't get it. It's just like, but because if you look at the actual wrestling story and how he's booked, he's being booked as a monster again. Yeah. They're going back to 2015 booking. And it's just like, I, of course, you want to build this slow build. Because, yes, you could came in and had him win six matches, fought Moxley, and lose. But... I mean, that's the monster of the week strategy. They're trying yeah. to build Miro's brand because I guarantee you he wasn't cheap. No, God, no. He wasn't cheap. So they're trying to build a brand and put it behind him to the point where he is main eventing pay-per-views one day. 
it takes a while to get there. Yeah, I, I like understand that I, I enjoy AEW and I enjoy WWE, um, but Vince Sells is the greatest pun I've ever heard. Like, holy shit, that is good. Uh, afterwards, uh, going into Miro, he was backstage with Alex Marvez, and he's told that Miro just got fined $75,000 for attacking three people. And Miro was like, it was Orange Cassidy's fault, and just blamed it on OC. And we're continuing. I like continuing this feud. I'm excited to see when these two actually get to scrap. Um, then Medi- Mad King Eddie Kingston comes out with a mic, and he starts talking. He said, uh, "Boo, cheer my name because at the end of the day, I don't care about any of you people." He wants to address his enemies. Uh, where's the bastard pack? He went home. He's nursing his neck. He's his career is done. Now here's the other one. Big, goofy bastard Lance Archer. Lance then comes down and just starts beating the shit out of Eddie Kingston. Butcher and the Blade come out to help him. Ray Phoenix and Penta El Zero Miedo comes out and joins. And then Pac shows up. Death Triangle comes out in full. Ray Phoenix then took out the Butcher and the Blade. Got him with a Tornillo. Pac and Archer... Then we're just kind of like, well, which one of us is going to get the get to finish off Kingston? Eventually, they all retreated, and uh, Archer and Death Triangle were standing in the ring. And yeah, I mean, like this pairing of Lance Archer and Death Triangle is an odd one for sure. It is definitely odd because he's with Pac, and you know, honestly, Pac is small, right? But his character and Lance Archer character is really, really. Like close, they're both monsters. He's a oh he's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's different. In different yeah, ways. like yeah. If Pac is wrestling anybody that's not like Kenny Omega, he's destroying them, just kind of like Lance Archer is. They're both push strong, so you know they kind of fight over or like they're like two alpha males. Like, and Eddie Kingston is the meat, and it's like who eats first. And Lance, yeah, Lance well, Archer. The thing too is like Lance <laughs> Archer is the more unleashed one, like the unhinged one. Well, whereas uh, Pack is more of the snarky one, like just kind of like full of himself and all that stuff, and he wants to show you how good he is. Yes, because he is the best wrestler in the world. Seriously, I mean, like he, he, I, he, I believe it. I believe it. Then uh, there was a short interview with uh, the natural Dustin Rhodes, talking. He was asked about. Uh, if he considered Dark Order's offer from last week, he said, uh, bad idea. It wasn't a good idea of them doing that. And he's going to kick Evil Uno's ass. Afterwards, it meant, oh, it, uh, I wanted to say that was the most like 80s, 90s oh, promo no, yeah, ever. 80s yeah, he was yelling and he's like, he's going to whoop their asses. And I just like, I kind of got pumped up because it brought me back to 10 year old Floyd that was like, oh my God, because that's like how every promo was. I was like, what you going to do, brother? Every promo was like yelling. You know, it's, you know, you had a few wrestlers that knew how to do it the other way, but yeah, mostly most promos were yelling, and it just took me yeah, way I back felt to like that. If you weren't like Jake the Snake Roberts, like you, you were, you were like really shouting with your promos. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, now that that was good the stuff. Twelve man tag, yeah, we have the twelve man tag match, Inner Circle, which includes the Demo God Chris Jericho, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz, Jake Hager. Versus best friends, top flight, and the varsity blondes. Like we said, um, uh, they proceeded to. Um, there was an unevenness to it, so Brandon Cutler was the one who did not take part in this matchup. Like there was a lot just in this match. Like just overall, like just like I mean, it was very much like what you expect with an AEW multi-man match. Like all over the place, a lot of high spots. Um, I mean, I don't have a ton to say on this match, honestly, because it was just kind of like a lot of the same. And so, just like so much happened, I felt nothing. Yeah, it's that's that was gonna, what I was gonna say. It's like, I mean, these teams teaming up to face off against the the inner circle, like it just there wasn't a ton of weight behind it. I mean, the stuff they did was cool, honestly. There was a ton of cool shit, um, but like, oh, I mean, like Sammy Guevara, like still shows me as like one guy it's like i just cannot wait to see if he actually does break off from inner circle and like go on his own because i really think he could do good shit um eventually um 
like the match finished with MJF getting the win, pinning Griff Garrison. And then uh, afterwards, uh, uh, Darius and Dante Martin hit stereo dropkicks on MJF and Jericho. And they got mad. And I think it meant that we're going to get a match between Top Flight versus Jericho and MJF, which, I mean, that would be interesting. I would think. Yeah, uh, but again, like, yeah. I, I, match, I, I, it's like it's my issue with multi-man matches, especially with ones that doesn't have a ton behind it. It's just ton of stuff happening, but like there's not a ton of weight to it. So let me tell you, um, this is the one of the many things I love about AEW is that everything leads to something. Like Cody, I now know Cody. And, Hel- and Helico's match was the build on the fact that they were announcing they had a kid. Didn't know yeah. that at the time. I was like, "What? The f- why are they wrestling? <laughs> I have no idea why they're wrestling. So that was the, the whole purpose of that. But if you look at every other match, you know, the match is a string to the next match. You get a title shot because you beat this person. In this case, Jericho and, you know, MJF got attacked by top flight. So that leads to a match. There's no like just random matches and you very rarely get the same match two weeks in a row. Something another company could very much learn from. Sure. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. a, a different company with like three times the roster. You should oh, yeah. never have the same match two weeks in a row ever, ever completely true. Completely <laughs> true. And like, we know that this match in general was leading to top flight versus MJF and Jericho, which will most likely, which I believe they announced we're seeing next week. Um, yeah, we are. And so, I mean, that alone, that makes sense as to why this match happened in general. Um, it's just like, there wasn't a ton there. Like the spots were cool and like all these wrestlers are cool, but like, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's just me with multi-man matches. Oh, no. It's it's just like, unless there's like something like special behind it or like a really good feud building out of it. Like a lot of times these multi-man matches just don't do anything for me. AEW has changed my mind on six-man matches. They have put on a good eight-man match. I think any more than four on four is clutter to me. Yes, I totally agree. And it's just like, I I love wrestling and I want to watch everything. But it's just like nothing means anything. Because no, in my mind, I'm thinking no one should ever win because one person should always at least be healthy enough to break up the pin. <laughs> so I don't know. It just it breaks with my. Uh, uh, it, it just breaks my uh, suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I mean, and dude, can't say it better. Couldn't say it better myself. Alex Marvez had a trio of interviews. This was the third one with Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa talked about Britt Baker and how she belonged here in AEW. Reba, or Rebel, not Rebel, Reba, interrupted the interview and Britt Baker attacked Thunder Rosa from behind and then poured water on her, just like making, ruining her face paint. Really good heel heat, like just like true, like bitchy, catty heel heat, really strong. I really liked it. And then, SCU, Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian versus the acclaimed Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. They had some good bars in this one. Like, I, I, I remember when a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the acclaimed and how I thought their bars with uh, them young books looking down at their penises on the book cover was kind of lame. This was some good stuff, honestly. I don't remember exactly all the stuff that they said off the top of my head, honestly. But I do know that they did much better with their raps this week. And also, uh, Frankie Kazarian's response was lovely. Loved yeah, it really, really it, well. It, it, it was definitely less, uh, you know, I, for lack of a better term, homophobic. Even though, you know, the, one of the wrestlers in the team is gay. So I guess it can't be. I don't know. I don't know how that worked. But they were. Know. It's like, it, it was cringy. Yeah, yeah, it was very cringy. It was like, that's not stuff. Like on a national TV with the fan base you have, eh, what's you know, it's not something you really do. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I I, I love I love Max Caster. I love his rap. I like I said, everybody has a swing and a miss every time, every now and then. So he had one, then moved on, and he killed it again this week. And uh, yeah, I you know Austin Gunn put out a freestyle this week that killed it. Go to his Twitter. I'm thinking. 
pretty soon AEW is gonna have to put out uh, a rap album with nothing but wrestlers rapping. Got it. It's gonna, it's gonna have to happen. They better get some good producers on that. I want to see like No ID, Metro Boomin, and I want to see like uh, Zombie on the track or something along the lines. Just as many hip hop producers as you can get, and then just get like the most randomest. That you know what they need to do is they need to get like uh, like a random like. You know, like a hip hop meets EDM beat, and uh, get Orange Cassidy on that, and have nothing happen until the build up, and then Orange Cassidy just says like whatever, and then the beat drops. That would be the shit. <laughs> yes, we, we need bars. We need bars. Bar- no, didn't. But no, seriously, Max Caster is bringing me back to my old school John Cena vibes. Oh, yeah. I, I always tell people my, I still have an active email. Wordlife WMXX at yahoo.com. That's Wordlife <laughs> WrestleMania 20 at yahoo.com. It is still an active email for me because I was such a John Cena white rapper mark. And, yeah, then he quit rapping and I stopped liking him. And then he'd start doing the hustle, loyalty, and respect thing. I was like, boo. <laughs> Kissing babies and doing all that. I know. I wanted the white. I wanted the rapper that came out to a simple beat and dissed everybody, and then threw nuts at him, <laughs> and it was amazing. That was amazing. yeah, these nuts. Yeah, that was so lame. But like now, it's lame. But at that time, it was like the most original oh! thing. <laughs> it was like the most original thing I'd ever seen. So it was like, so yeah, I had my, you know, had my uh, lock that I wore around my neck. Yes, I was. A super John Cena mark. I always tell people when they say, oh, you just hate Cena because it's popular. No, I kind of hate Cena because he had a character that I liked and then he went away from it. It's yeah. like, and if your character changes, I don't, I'm not just going to root for you just because you're you. I mean, I was rooting for the character. There you go. But uh, yeah, Max Caster, all, I mean, very much John Cena vibes. I don't know if he'll ever be the number one guy or whatever. But the coolness of it, the edginess of it, everything that John Cena had, he brings. And then Anthony Bowens just looks like $1.5 million. The dude's physique is just out of this world. No kidding. It it, it is the perfect, like, compliment to each other. Yeah. And this match was just, um, it was the Acclaim's uh, debut on Dynamite. uh, And they beat SCU. Very strong debut. And then they said that they wanted to challenge the Young Bucks to a tag team title match next week on Dynamite. So they literally just went out, beat the Young Bucks friends, and then was just like, we want your titles. So, I mean, like, if that's not making a statement and making yourself known, I don't know what is. So Yeah, that was a pretty strong statement. And Frankie looked like he got a little pissed at CD. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on there. I can't wait. I mean, if SEU falls apart, I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to be so sad. Uh, Top Flight got interviewed by Dasha. Uh, It was about the MJF Jericho match challenge, which we talked about already. Next up, NWA Women's Champion Serena Deeb, my girl, teams with Big Swole to face Diamante and Ivelisse. Now, um, it's once again the one women's match, but I love everybody in this match. And, uh... I think it was all right. I think it was all right for what it was trying to be. Um, and I just, I, like I said, I, it's like, I got I, nothing but love for everybody in this match. Um, the whole match just finished up with uh, Big Soul tried to get the finish. Diamante got out of the way. She then headbutts Diamante, hits, him, hits her with a dri- uh, Tiger Driver. And then eventually uh, Big Soul gets the win by tapping out Diamante. And then Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose show up destroys Serena Deeb and Big Swole. Red Velvet then comes out with a steel chair and chases out Vicky, Nyla, Diamante, and Ivelisse because they were all just going after it uh, after Serena Deeb and Big Swole. So Red Velvet gets the save. Um, I'm sure it'll probably lead to, I want to say, a six-woman match, I would assume. Um, but I really I enjoyed the tag match. I want to see a lot more of these women matches have a little bit more stakes behind it. But I mean, like this stuff is getting built on. I can see. Um, but I mean, like it's still getting there. But like I just want to see 
like if they take any of these uh, girls and really start pushing them to the stratosphere. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed this tag match. I honestly think Big Swole is better in tag team competition than in singles. I'm not saying she's not a perfectly adequate wrestler. I just think when it's singles and it's on her for about 10 to 15 minutes, you kind of see her limitations. But in a tag match, when she's in and out, she looks way stronger. And this new, this finisher, I wouldn't call it new because she's used it a couple times, but it's kind of like a walls of Texas Cloverleaf. And that's kind of awesome because, you know, Dean Malenko's in the back. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is just a great, it's like, it's, it's almost an homage to Jericho and Malenko, which is cool. And it's like everyone should tap out to that move. So. If she if she could build up offense based around, you know, working on the back and the leg to get in that move, I think that would be I, I think I would definitely enjoy that style because the one thing I've noticed is like when I look at a wrestler style, very few people have one. You know what I mean? It's just like almost like they're doing moves. They don't go from one to another and mean something. So if we can get that kind of stuff, so like some continuity, that'd be awesome. Oh yeah, totally. Um, we then had a little moment with uh, FTR. FTR and Tully Blanchard comes out to the broadcast table. They said Jurassic Express, uh, you're in our crosshairs. And Tully Blanchard says fear, fear the revelation. They just came out pretty much to make a statement that, like, oh, we're going after Jurassic Express. Since they didn't really have anything to do on this show, which, I mean, happens sometimes. Uh, but, I mean, just made sure that they reminded us, hey, FTR will be going after uh, will be going after Jurassic Express. So you better be paying attention for when that happens. This was an amazing promo. Definitely emotion. Definitely building till their next rival, which, which is amazing. But he said something very weird and I didn't understand. He said something about Luchasaurus wearing a mask, a guy in a mask. And I'm like, I mean, that's, he's a fucking dinosaur. Yeah, he's like a million years old. I, I, I didn't get that. It was a cheap shot. It was unnecessary. You know, FTRs, my boys, and I'm always on their side. But you know what? Don't be hating on dinosaurs, yo. That's, that's discrimination. Why would you hate dinosaurs? That's discrimination. It, that's, it, it is discrimination. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's racist because I don't think it's, dinosaurs. It's speciesism. Yeah, it's speciesism. Yeah, yes, something like yeah. that. Yeah, like don't hate on the dinosaur, dude. Hey, that's not, that's his face. We that's all his like face. Jurassic Park. We yeah. all like Jurassic Park. So, yeah. like, come on. Oh, come on, bro. Come on. All right. Main event time. Well, let's wait on that. Main event time, obviously, which is uh, Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, facing Joey Janela. Um, but. I guess we can mention also what happened on Impact this week since Kenny Omega did show up once again on Impact with Don Callis. Um, we were kind of expecting a drop-off with Impact uh, considering this would be the second time that Kenny showed up. There was a significant drop-off, which, I mean, like, kind of comes with the territory. There was a ton of eyes that were just like, what the fuck's going to happen? And now that he's showing up, like, the the suspense in the like of what the hell would happen and the surprise of it was gone so we knew people were probably going to drop off on it but we did get the announcement of kenny omega coming out and proceeding to beat up on uh rich swan uh as uh, rich swan got into a fight with uh the good brothers carl anderson and luke gallows uh or doc gallows more like it and they got into a fight motor city machine guns tried to come out and protect rich didn't happen well and then kenny omega shows up and then announced for their pay-per-view coming up in january i Names blanking on me. I apologize. Uh, it will be a Bullet Club esque reunion of Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson against versus, Rich, versus Rich. the Impact World Champion Rich Swan and the Good and the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, that's going to be a dope match. So, since you are from Michigan. Do you, like, always root for the Motor City Machine Guns? I fucking love the Motor City Machine okay. Guns, dude. Like, Michigan doesn't get enough, like, we're we're pretty decent. Re like, obviously, we're not Chicago, but we're a pretty decent wrestling city. But there's very few wrestlers that are, like, crazy good that come from from Michigan. If anything, our most famous wrestler is Kevin Nash. And I love Kevin Nash, but, like... See, see I think he might be most famous crossover, but as far as wrestling fans, you gotta go with Rob Van Dam. 
that is 100% true, too. Yeah, you know what? I that I don't know why I blanked on that. That makes total fucking sense. Yeah, Rob Van Dam would probably be, like, the wrestler fan. Yeah, like, yeah. Wrestling fan favorite. So, like, crossover, like, in old school, like, Kevin Nash, obviously. Like, if you watch WCW in the 90s, like, you you love the, the, uh, the Outsiders and the NWO. So, Kevin Nash is up there for, like, your crossover or, like, your heel or whatever. Rob Van Dam is just like everyone fucking loves that dude. Hey, you and, know what? No matter the tag team for Michigan is Motor City Machine Guns. No, no question about it. No how, matter how famous uh, Rob Van Dam got, no matter where he moves, when he like for the longest time, it said from Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was that was it, and it was like you think about it, huh? I was going to say Grand Rapids isn't too far away from where I live. So like I was literally every time I heard that, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm like. But he, he's lived in California. God knows how, long, but he's, but he still he says from Grand, Grand Rapids. You know right? We that's, appreciate that. You still rock us. We that's, appreciate that's representing. He kind of went hill and impact. So I haven't watched him in a while. He might be saying California now, but yeah, for the longest time through his WWE short WWE title reign, ECW title reign, he was from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I know that it's like certain certain places are identifiable with certain wrestlers. If you, anyone ever brings up Grand Rapids, Michigan, first thing I think is Rob Van Dam. Absolutely. I mean, like that's the thing. Um, also, I will say also, um, Eric Bischoff is from Michigan, so fuck yeah on that. And he's, I would, I just like to point that out because I just think that's really fucking cool. Um, but now we can get into the main event. Um, after we talked about um what happened on Impact, Kenny Omega with Don Callis showing up, uh, facing off against Joey Janela in a singles match, and he uh. <laughs> He came well. First of all, Janela came down. He had a metal garbage can, and uh, he just like just nailed Kenny Omega in the head with it. And then just as he was making his entrance, um, and they were just going after it. Um, at one point, oh, Kenny Omega hit Joey Janela with a cookie sheet. Uh, which I mean, man, they just went after it. Uh, there's a lot. I feel like um, just like in this match with a couple things. Um, eventually. Sonny Kiss came out and pulled out a table and set it up. And then Joey Janela uh, put uh, Kenny Omega on the table, jumped from the top turnbuckle, leg drop on Kenny Omega, put him through it, the table. He then tries for a moonsault press, gets V-trigger twice, and then gets one-winged angel and gets put down on his head. And that's the win. Um, the cookie sheet coming out I thought was fucking hysterical. Um, but eventually, Pack and Death Triangle come out. And he goes up to Kenny and he's like, we have some unfinished business because Ray Phoenix competed in that tournament. He didn't lose. Uh, and then Don Callis goes, wrestlers don't tell the world champion what to do. And uh, Pac is like, nope, I talked to Tony Khan, December 30th, Dynamite. Whether you like it or not, Ray Phoenix is getting a shot at that title. I want to die. It sounds like I just see the image in my head of these two fighting, and I'm just like, fucking yes, like for the title. And it would just, okay. I mean, like, that's a selling point, I think. Absolutely. But first about the match. Yes. Joey Janela. Like I said, every match has a reason. This match had a reason. But they have so, I don't know if this is a long-term story going forward for Joe Janela. This is long-term bookie that I don't understand, but I'm going to react like what's happening right now with knowing that I am going to be patient and see what happens in the future. They have kind of buried Joe Joey Janela. Yeah. You never think he's winning. Like I was excited about this match. And then I realized it's Joey Janela. He's going to do some crazy shit. And then Kenny Omega is going to pin him. Even Kenny Omega, when he was talking about it, he was like, ah, it's Joey Janela. You know, I'll, I'll beat him up. Oh, he wants this, this type of match? Yeah, no DQ. I'm not scared of him. But when Ray Phoenix tried to cash his check, it cash his match, and he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, you don't make matches. <laughs> so it's like, um, he's scared of Ray Phoenix. So even in that moment, I'm just talking about if you're a casual fan, like looking in, knowing how the match happened, one guy, he knew he could beat up. So that puts even Joey Janela lower on the totem pole. And then Ray Phoenix is like, oh, okay, I might actually lose to that guy. So I don't know. I was going to say. Maybe I'll overthink. Joey, 
Yeah, maybe I'm oh, overthinking. I was just saying, maybe I'm overthinking it. It's just like Joey Janela when he signed. I had never really saw anything except some of the big falls he had done. I'd never really watched him wrestle. So I was really excited about how they were going to present him on AEW. And the answer is they weren't. I That was the thing is like, <laughs> I feel like a, Joey Janela is the kind of guy where it's like, I don't know. He's just kind of coasting. And I think he's fine with that. It's like, that's just the kind of vibe that I get off of him where it's like, on the indies, he kind of just did whatever the fuck he wanted. And whether he won, whether he lost, it didn't necessarily matter. People knew Joey Janela because of the crazy shit that he did. And he's still doing that, I feel like, on AEW. And if anything, I think just him being, like, I remember him saying, working with AEW and working for AEW, he's like, all of a sudden, wrestling feels like a job to him. Whereas, like, before, when he was on the independence, he just worked for money and he just got to do crazy shit and he was getting paid for it. And it wasn't even like work, but because AEW produces weekly television and they have pay-per-views and all this kind of stuff. And there's a ton of other people on the roster that he's, I guess, like, I mean, I wouldn't say competing because I think like AEW doesn't treat it like that, but it's like, I just feel like he kind of just doesn't like, I don't know. I feel like it could get to the point where he just like, be like, I appreciate my time. I want to just go off to the indies and fuck off and just do whatever I want because he just kind of seems like the guy that like lives without a care and doesn't like, like the idea of just having a bunch of shit on his plate that he's got to like work for. Um, and that's fine. Um, and I think just AEW know like, like AEW and like the guys know that like Joey's not really the kind of guy that does this kind of stuff and they're just not going to force him into doing something that he doesn't want to do. So I mean that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting off of it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm right. But like yeah, it just like, seems like kind of like yeah. I don't know. He's just not really into that sort of thing. Like I said, we we were very much. This is a fan show. We're not insider or anything like that. It's just so weird to me that you know this guy with all this buzz has just kind of like been. He's he's just kind of guy on the roster right now. And I like know, I said. Man. I mean, they might be building up something for the future. Like I said, I am, I'm always a person that says preach, pre, pre, uh, preach patience. So I don't even know how long his deal is. So it could be like they want you to think he's a loser for like a year or two, and then they start pushing the shit out of him. But as of right now, December 19, 2020, he's kind of a jobber. Yeah, I mean, like that's kind of just as what it is right now. And like, again... If he has an issue with it, he'll probably leave. Um, but again, I think if he does leave, it's just because he wants to do whatever the fuck he wants to do on the indies and not really like feel like he has like just any sort of thing to keep up, like a or whatnot. Like he's a guy that's never cared about appearances. He's a care- guy that's never really cared about like what people think about him, and he just does the shit that he wants to do. So I think if he has the freedom to do anything he wants without like a boss telling him of like the things he needs to do, like. I think that's just kind of the life that he wants to live. But again, just an outsider and giving my two cents on it. But with all that said, that is AEW Dynamite for this week. A decent show, I feel like, all things considered. I don't think in terms of wrestling we saw anything like outstanding. We are still seeing a lot of story stuff being built up. Um, and the cooldown, I think, from uh, Winter is Coming is happening right now, where it's as like we're now just starting to like slowly build these stories up as we continue on after the end of 2020 leading into 2021 when AEW tries to get towards their next pay-per-view and like just stories are starting to go back and forth um but i am very excited for ray phoenix and uh, kenny omega and we can go ahead and get into what we're seeing next week on AEW dynamite with our preview but floyd please let the lovely people what listening to this podcast know that you can still vote for the all things elite end of the year awards yes um i am happy to announce that we have 202 people that uh, 203 somebody just entered 200 hey! and 203 people that have entered into this poll uh for the contest that um uh, for the uh, end of the year awards, I mean, we got some runaways. We got some really tight voting. So uh, get out there. I don't like I was going to I mean, I was kind of going to do a rundown, but I don't really want to influence 
who people are voting for. So just know 203 people have voted. Uh, there's some really close ones in there. And there's some ones that pretty much would need a miracle to uh, change the mind. I actually, I actually in one, one of the categories, the person winning has 72% of the vote. <laughs> it is like, not it's even, not even close. close. It's not even close. It's like they have all these votes, and the next person has ten, and it's crazy, and it's like shocking to me, and I love it. I love it, uh, and I can honestly say, for me, no one that I would have picked for any of these categories is winning. <laughs> so I'm telling you, when I do it, this is not going to be just like me and Austin picking. This is going to be true, uh, and. And I have decided, I mean, we're going to, I'm going to still go hard for the thousand entries. That's the goal. And if we get to a thousand, I will give out two $100 gift cards to uh, shop AEW. Well, if we don't, if we don't get there, which of course, I'm just going to leave it open. I'm going to leave it to the fates. If we don't, I will do a hundred first prize. 52nd prize, 25 third prize, just because I am so overwhelmed about how many people have taken time out of their life to spend it out. It only takes two minutes to finish, and we are taking it. Uh, we are taking it until midnight on January 1st. So when the clock goes from 11:59 on uh, December 31st to January 1st, that's the point. I'm going to click the thing to stop accepting responses. And that's, you know, that's going to be the finals. And then me and Austin, and if we get a special guest, we'll break down everything on our next episode of All Things Elite after that. Absolutely. And just because, like I said, we have over 200 responses from people, uh, we doesn't mean that we don't want to tap it off right now. We want to get as many people as possible. So if you haven't done it before and you haven't done it yet, be sure to look at 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 Elite Pod, that is where the tweet is about the end of the year awards link. It's also in the show notes of this episode itself. So if you haven't voted, please do. We want to see exactly what everybody thinks about this year in AEW. But getting into the preview for next week's Dynamite, the Eve of Christmas Eve episode, if you will, it's also going to be a late showing because NBA basketball is coming back. Yes! I'm so excited, and uh, we got a lot to, uh, that's. I, I don't that's feel like I f I'm sad because I don't feel like I got my full LeBron celebration time. That was cut yeah. short, and the King deserves twice as much celebrating time, not half as much celebrating time. But I guess if but we I guess start they to just think that they're going to come back and win the whole thing uh, again. again, so that's what I was going to say. If we get start the new basketball season around June, we'll be talking about the two time. Two-time NBA Finals champion, LeBron James, the greatest of all time. All right. Time. So next week, we're going to get the Young Bucks versus the Acclaimed for the tag team titles. As we saw from this week, they announced it. Dustin Rhodes versus Evil Uno, which they announced this week. Pack versus The Butcher in singles competition. Very interested to see that. Jurassic Express will be going after Dark Order's members 5, 10, and... Boom Boom Cold Cabana. Yay. Uh, and then we're going to get Jer Jericho and MJF versus Top Flight. So a lot of stuff that we talked about earlier in the show. Um, I'm interested to see with Jurassic Express and 510 and Cold Cabana. That's going to be. Most likely, I assume, like after the match, FTR is going to do something. That is going to be a lot of spots in that one. And uh, the, I think Pack and the Butcher is the match I'm most looking forward to. I was going to say. Yeah, um, Top Flight with Jericho and MJF, I think because Top Flight is, you know, like a super babyface tag team and they'll, you know, they'll sell for Jericho and, uh, Jericho and MJF, I think that'll be like some old school storytelling there. So, and then of course, the Young Bucks in anybody, the Young Bucks, Gods of Tag Team Wrestling, as I've called them, uh, them and anybody is like going to be amazing. So you got the acclaimed out there and it's going to be fun. And and it's just like, it seems like the young bucks is, go, you know, uh, getting the young tag teams in, uh, AEW over tour right now. Right. Um, now I would say I can't, I can't agree with you on anything else on that. Um, but that's everything we have for all things elite, uh, in terms of birthdays, got to give a shout out 
Yesterday, we're recording on the 19th, December 18th yesterday, it was Mikey Ruckus's birthday. Happy birthday to him. And also, slight note, uh, apparently it has been uh, said that Lucha Bros did sign extensions with AEW back in August. Um, fuck yeah, I can't yeah. not stop seeing the Lucha Bros on my television. So absolutely. thank you so much for re-signing. I want to see more of you in AEW. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So happy that they re-signed. Um, but that's all we got, I think, for this week in All Things Elite. Remember, we are off next week because of the holidays. I really hope you guys have an amazing holiday, whether you celebrate uh, Christmas, whether you've been celebrating Hanukkah, whether you just celebrated Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, we hope you have a genuinely happy holiday. Don't and forget about Festivus for the rest Fest- of us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Be sure to download this show on Google or Apple Podcasts if you enjoy it. You can also share us around if you listen to us on Spotify or Anchor or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, Leave a rating and review. Let us know what we could do better. We always try to improve. You can also leave a donation through Red Circle. We would so appreciate that. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. I am at SZoomer4. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. All of that is on Twitter. And Floyd, give these lovely people a lovely holiday send-off and take us home for tonight. Happy holidays, guys. Floyd, take it away. One last time, I want to say congratulations to Cody and Brandy Rhodes. I'm very happy for you because, you know, that's what you want. Uh, And then I want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Happy December. Whatever, if whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, I just hope the next couple weeks while we're we're off is the best time ever. I know 2020. 2020 has been tough and guess what we only have like 11 more days of it and so hopefully the brighter side is on 2021 but to anybody struggling with their mental health or anything just make sure you reach out i mean i'm not saying reach out to me because you don't know me like that but i but if you a if you want to reach out to me at Floyd Johnson Jr., I will answer every DM. But other than that, I'm just saying, just reach out to your friends, family. Make sure you are getting the support you need because this time is especially downtime at times. So uh, I wish you again all a Merry Christmas. And in honor of the king or the god, which is uh, Kenny Omega, I wish you good night and goodbye. Bang. There you go. Swag. It's good night and goodbye, right? Yeah, it is goodbye. It's it's. Oh, you mean goodbye and good night? See, I said it wrong. So we're. I'm glad we're still recording. So I said it wrong. So, no, whether you're at a home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. Yeah, and I'm keeping all of that in there. 